Hello, Diane. This is Special Agent The Vern. Um, on my way back to the Double R Diner to meet with Ryan Luis Rodriguez to continue our case files of the Twin Peaks project from the Rabbit Hole Podcast team. And I gotta say, being here is really, really great. I love where I'm staying right now, and I'm really loving the food at the Double R Diner. That coffee is some of the best coffee I've ever had in my life. Now, usually when I have coffee, it has to have lots of cream and lots of sugar. But apparently here, not so much. I just need just a little bit, just a little bit of sugar and a little bit of cream, not too much, and it is just perfect. So, very excited to get into this episode with Ryan Luis Rodriguez, and I'm about to arrive now. Name for the finest food in town And old McDonald's gained their fame Keeping prices down You drive right in and park your car They serve you quick right where you are At McDonald's Welcome to The Sib List. My name is Lisa Leahy. And I am Mark Passanelli. And with each new episode, we will leave the identification of our next title up to fate. So here are the categories. New release. Then we have the fill-in filmography. So the filmography has films from every imaginable genre. Lisa and I created our own separate list. The randomizer is going to pick one of these Doom movies that we have sworn to ourselves we would never watch. See, I take full pride in making sure that you have seen good movies. But the list of movies I have seen and can say I actually enjoy may even appall you more because a lot of them are actually on your list. The Sib List. Two siblings, four movie lists, one podcast. Catch us on your favorite podcatcher today. Hello, everyone. Uh, We are... Back here at the Double R Diner, I am Special Agent The Vern. Joining me back here once again is Special Agent Ryan Luis Rodriguez. How are you, Ryan? I am good. Ready to solve this mystery, Agent Vern. Okay, good. Uh, I gotta say, I'm looking through the case files uh, before you got here, and not much stuff is happening. Yeah, this is... Uh, I'm not gonna say it's uneventful altogether, because things do happen. But this is very much the next day to the pilot. 100% next day. So yeah, so uh, as the episode begins, uh, we see Asian Cooper, and he's hanging upside down, talking to Diane, doing, I don't know why people do this, doing the whole, like, uh, Bruce Wayne. Yeah, it's it's all about the abdominal muscles. Is it? Oh, okay. All right. Because yeah. uh, you have to lift yourself without using your legs. Oh, shit, okay. I didn't realize that. At least that's what I think from American Gigolo when Richard Gere does it. Fair enough. Because he's got, he's cut, you know? Oh, sure. He's, okay. he's ripped. Fair enough, though, okay. Uh, but he does see, he does talk about Marilyn Monroe and her relationship with JFK, and then talks about, you know, who shot JFK. Uh, a little bit strange, but go, go figure. And Information you would think that he would know as a government employee. Yeah. And I, and I found this part to be kind of cool because he talks about Marilyn Monroe, and I thought there was possibly a connection between Marilyn Monroe and Laura Palmer, being the fact that Marilyn Monroe was like this huge icon, and everyone loved her, and men lusted after her, and I'm pretty sure he was trying to find a connection between 
Laura Palmer and Marilyn because Laura Palmer had like two sides to her, as so did Marilyn Monroe. And you can project your feelings and and everything onto both of them. Yeah. Like, Laura Palmer is this tragic figure, but at the same time, uh, everybody sees in her something different. Whether that's projecting from themselves or because they know a hidden aspect of her. But she seems to uh, intrigue everybody because she has a little... She's a multitude. Oh, love that. Oh, speaking of things that I do love and I lust after sometimes, here's our waitress. Oh, Hello. Hey, guys. Uh, hi. Uh, welcome to the Double R Diner. What can I get for you? What's the matter? I don't really want to talk about it. Um, what do you guys want? Oh, it, it's, it's, it's fine if you don't want to talk about it. Uh, I'm just here for that uh, wonderful, wonderful coffee you have. That's why I lust after more than anything else in this world is that wonderful coffee and maybe some of that pie. But uh, definitely, definitely I want some of that coffee. Yeah, some of that damn fine coffee. Okay, um, yeah, I'll I'll bring those right out. So at this moment too, uh, Audrey Horn is seen putting the the moves on Dale Cooper. Yeah, the lucky bastard. Well, you gotta stand this too, right? We were young. That's true. I mean, we're... I was four at the time, but even then, I mean, I, if I was into Vanna White at the time, then I would definitely be into Audrey. Oh, even 100%. as a four-year-old. Oh, hundred percent. Yes, <laughs> Vanna White. Yes. Oh. Like, that's why I want to move to Twin Peaks, so I can meet Audrey. Like, that's all I care about. Oh, but sure. That'll never happen, because it's not a real place. You see, uh, I want, uh, you know, if I was going to move to Twin Peaks, it would be to hang out with Shelly and Donna. Oh, yeah. Yeah. That, that would the just, ladies. I, 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 and I think for sure, like, that that Leo husband, yeah. I'm sure he probably is a valid individual, but I would, it would be so worth it. You'd be like fishing with him on a waterfall, and then you go, bump, oops. Yep. Oh, no, I didn't mean it. No. Yeah. <laughs> oh, there he is on the rocks. Oh, no. What a bummer. Oh, no. Uh, but yeah, so uh, after uh, Audrey puts the moves, then Cooper tells Harry that they are going to investigate some of the suspects. Um, and the first man they do uh, investigate is James. But before they do that, they do go to the coroner office and they do investigate the body of Laura Palmer, and yes. it's revealed. And Doc Hayward refuses to conduct the uh, autopsy because he knew Laura as Donna's best friend. Yes, so I don't know who they get to actually do that, but they do find some uh, disturbing yeah. things. There has to be a coroner there. Yeah, but I guess they do find some rope marks on her body. And it's revealed that uh, Laura did have sets with three men. Um, I'm going to say based on the rope marks and the fact that she's dead, uh, I, I think there's a little bit more than consensual sex. Yes, it's it's definitely uh, it's definitely assault. Yes. All right. Um, and then we also get moments while where uh, Shelley, uh, played by, and you told me this before, Asian Cooper and I. Agent Ryan. Imagine Amik. Imagine Amik. Okay. She's washing Leo's clothes and discovers blood. And knowing that Leo has a tendency for violence. It's really it's... since when? He seems like such a nice guy. Yeah. I don't know why you would say that about <laughs> it. Besmirching his integrity. It, his good name word there. It, it seems possible 
that uh, he would be involved in this crime. Lightly possible. Lightly I don't po- know. I, I give him the benefit of the doubt because he's a real nice gentleman. All right. Um, and then, meanwhile, while uh, Cooper and Harry are interviewing James, James admits that he was the one recording both uh, Donna and Laura. Um, on and the videotape, that, yes. On videotape, because we saw his motorcycle. Uh, and that Laura was secretly seeing him because that's just what she wants. And she was using cocaine. Yes. Um, and that last time she saw James, she was really scared, uh, but said that she had to stop seeing him. Correct. Um and in this moment, too, we know that James lied to Cooper uh, about the bracelet. Locket. The locket. I apologize, Agent Rodriguez. I'm <laughs> Shame sorry. Shame on you. Bra- Shame wh- on you for calling a locket a bracelet. <laughs> what kind of agent are you? Uh, well, I'm, I, this, is, this, is my, this is my first case. <laughs> I'll, I just, let you, I'll let you off with a warning on this one. I just got out of the academy, Ryan. All right. <laughs> I mean, seriously. It's, okay. it's acceptable. It's acceptable. I'll let you go. I mean, they were going to give me the uh, Buffalo Bill case that's been happening, but they did that to another colleague. And I was like, that's, that's fine. That's a wise choice. You don't want to do that case. <laughs> yes, that never ends well. No. You got to talk to a cannibal. That's not right. It's major bu- and I figured, come to a small town, and I heard they have some great coffee, and <laughs> they said I was going to be partnering up with you. I'm like, oh, pff, Ryan Luis Rodriguez. The guy who sold the uh, Chronos Chronicles project, fuck yes, <laughs> the whole yeah, I really solved that thing by ending it. The mystery science, <laughs> the but, but the whole thing you deal with the mystery science theater three thousand. Yes, I was getting to the bottom of who killed those robots. Yes, <laughs> good. <laughs> All right. Turns out it was the human that was on the satellite of love, but uh, you never would have figured that out. Never, I did. Well, I'm glad you did that. Uh, None of the other MST3K podcasts had the guts to solve that case, but I did. Well, thank you for your service there. Um, yeah. You're welcome. All right. So while, uh, all right, so we knew about the, the locket, um, and then Leo knows about his missing shirt. Put that yes. in there. Now, I did this moment, too, where Mike and Bobby are nervous about Owen Leo johnson the money while they're talking in jail and i'm thinking that leo sold bobby the cocaine and he gave it to laura that is an entirely valid way of looking at it i would probably have to agree it seems that he is the one that just got her hooked on the stuff and and i'm pretty sure bobby's thinking oh when Laura's high on cocaine, she becomes a lot more sexual in nature, and I, I kind of think of this very much. Uh, yes, because he's a he's an abuser. Yes, very much. Like he, he's kind of more of like an emotional abuser. Yeah, he's not. Uh, he's not typically like physically violent, but emotionally violent. Very manipulative. Yes, absolutely. Ah, our our beautiful waitresses come back. With the thing I lust after, of all things right now, oh, that sweet coffee. Here are your coffees, guys. I feel like I'm living a beautiful dream and a wondrous nightmare. You guys have a really good day. Yeah, 
Right. I have to agree? Uh, I mean, this reminds me of something that Donna says later on. Well, all right, continue on. Uh, so Donna brings home James to your home to meet her parents, and it's clear that Donna is in love with James. Yes, and he's in love with her. But she feels totally guilty about Laura Palmer and about right. the relationship because, you know, it's clear that James does love Laura still, yeah. but he's, still, he's more in love with Donna. Correct. And they both have, like, this weird guilt about it because their best their best friend was murdered. And they face uh, outside uh, conflict because Donna is Mike's girlfriend. Yes. And Laura was Bobby's. So yeah. when these two uh, ne'er-do-wells team up, clearly they got an issue with James. 100%. Um, now, we also get to a moment where Norma, who runs the Double R Diner that we're at, she ends up meeting up with... Um, uh, Nadine. Nadine, who is the wife to... Big Ed. Be dead. Thank you. See, that's why I have you here, because you're... All right. And... <laughs> I can only remember, like, eight names. That's, that's good. Okay. Well, I appreciate that. Uh, but they have this meeting, and they talk about cotton balls, because Nadine needs the cotton balls for yes, her to make drapes. her drapes silent. Yes. I know I put that in there, but I figured those drapes are going to come into here later on. Oh, yeah. They become a big story point later on. Okay. All right. Uh... Now, we do uh, have... Now, Harry and uh, Dale Cooper, they go to the windmill to... Uh, or the I'm sorry, the, the windmill. The windmill. The mill, right? Yeah. The, yeah. Yeah, the windmill. The you windmill. just said windmill, but that's... It's close enough. Sorry. <laughs> sorry. The windmill. Uh, we found out from Josie that she hired Laura to help her with her English. Yes. And she told them that she said that something was bothering her, but not quite sure. She just said, Laura said she knew how Jasper felt. Right. All right. Um, and then... Oh, also, in this scene, so uh, one of my friends brought this to my, uh, to my attention after we recorded our last case file. Okay. My friend Isabel mentioned this to me, and I'm glad she did because we got it completely wrong. Uh, Catherine and Pete are not siblings. They are husband and wife. They are? Yes. Oh! And I can't, be I can't believe I've seen Twin Peaks as, as much as I have, and I did not even put that together, but that's that's the case. Well, thank Josie you. Josie is the, is the wife of the owner, who then died under mysterious circumstances, and so Catherine wants to take over, but Josie is the owner. Josie is the owner. Okay, well... Thank you very much for that. Yeah, thank you, Isabel, for letting me know. All right, appreciate that. So, getting back into this, so then Paul uh, found a fish in the percolator. <laughs> One of the great all-time uh, non sequiturs. Yes, there's a fish in the percolator. We know that at this moment too that Catherine is having an affair uh, with Benjamin Horn. Yeah, and they are having this conversation. About starting the mill on fire. Yes, which becomes a big story point as this goes on. Okay. And so, uh, Laura, I'm sorry, Donna is going to visit Laura's mom. 
And yes. while they're Oh, there's big stuff happening here. Yeah. While she's talking, it's like she starts seeing Donna as Laura. Yes. And then she sees Bob. Yes. And do you know how this uh, came about? No. So Frank Silva, the actor who plays Bob, was the uh, set dresser on the on the series. And in the pilot, David Lynch shot a scene in Laura's bedroom where uh, Frank Silva was visible in a mirror and had this this sudden turn of inspiration where he realized, okay, that's a mistake, but I'm going to incorporate it the way that he typically does. And so from that moment, uh, Frank Silva became the big bad just really? by accidentally appearing in a scene. So he reshot the scene without him and he decided, nope, that doesn't work. I'm gonna shoot. I'm gonna include the one with him in it. So then they shot the additional scene of him at the foot of the bed, looking through the bars as if he's in a prison. But that it all is comes amazing. from a mistake. I mean, how cool to uh, be a set decorator. Yeah, and then get the... promoted to big bad. That's awesome. Oh, totally. And just by some mistake, I'm pretty sure he was just you know dressing the set. Yeah. And then they're probably just shooting some test footage about how it looks, and then say, "Well, wait, his face is not supposed to be there." But hey, now, yeah, that works. That's the great thing about Lynch is that he always he doesn't look at mistakes as an impediment; he looks at them as inspiration. And it's almost impossible to imagine Twin Peaks without Bob, and I don't think that without Frank Silva, Bob would really be the entity that he is. Hundred percent. And then Hawk is at the hospital and he follows this guy with no arms. Yes. Um, Who we learn later is Mike. Yes. Okay. Uh, and then there's tension between Benjamin Horn and Audrey, especially after the incident with the investors in Norway and they all disappeared. Now, we did a scene where both uh, Cooper and Harry are at the uh, Double Art Diner and the uh, they meet the log lady. Yes. Who says her log saw something. That crazy log lady. Oh, Catherine, what are we going to do with you? <laughs> and that uh, all you have to do is just ask it. And then she says something that the log will tell you at the right time. Yes. And I got to say, uh, if you have the Twin Peaks Blu-ray, every episode has an introduction from the log lady. Really? Sitting down in front of the camera and explaining to you what her log thinks about the episode you're about to watch. And if you watch the series, it, hopefully this podcast will uh, encourage, or sorry, this case file will encourage you to go back. But if you watch it with the Log Lady intros, David Lynch wrote and directed all the intros. And it is the ideal headspace to be in when you watch this show. See, I've, unfortunately, my case files don't include these because you actually had the physical case files. Uh, I had them yes. emailed to me. Ah. So mine don't include those. Because uh, let's face it, rabbit hole, the rabbit hole team is not going to pay to have <laughs> two physical copies mailed out. Jason Soto yeah, is not going to do that. You know, he, yeah, he can barely afford... To have he didn't want to send you he originally wanted to send just one person on this file on this case. I'm like, I can't do this case file by myself. I need another person here. And he's like, I don't really have the budget for two, but fine. Ryan is a much better investigator than you. 
Um, <laughs> I disagree with that, but I do agree that they are cheap bastards. <laughs> so we, so that's why I'm saying they're really kind of. Uh, we're, we're both staying at the whole same hotel. Uh, I'm glad they yes. got separate rooms, but. Oh, I'm I'm glad because I I was gonna sleep on the floor and that's not very good for my no. back. Okay, fair enough. Okay, uh, so getting back into this, um, Le- so Leo uh, is angry at Shelly for losing his shirt, and is this where he puts a bar of soap in a sock and hits her with it? Yes. Oh. That bastard. Bastard. I hate, him so. I hate Leo so much. It's unbelievable. Leo's just a fucking complete asshole. But I look forward to the case files and I love what happens to Leo. Oh, yeah. Oh, it, uh, that's that's the good part about this whole Leo shit. Yeah. Is that it eventually goes very wrong in his case and very right in my case. Yes, 100%. Uh, but I kind of want to talk a little bit more about, because I know that uh, Donna has this line... And I want to mention about this because our waitress mentioned this line before she went away. Beautiful dream and terrible nightmare. Terrible dream and beautiful nightmare. Yes, which is basically the uh, the motto of uh, David Lynch. Okay. If you if you look at all of his stories, especially those about kind of suburbia, and about kind of like the rot beneath the American dream. It's very much something that is uh, part and parcel with his entire oeuvre. Oh, okay. Oh, yeah. I mean, but do do we need to be concerned at all about our waitress? Uh, well, let's put a pin in that. Okay. All right. Because I think you know, for now, you know, who knows? But uh, that might develop into something. I'm not sure. Okay, fair enough. Could be reading the tea leaves here, even though I'm having coffee. So coffee. I guess it's the coffee leaves. <laughs> the coffee grounds. Yeah. <laughs> But and then we get to a moment with uh, Doctor Jacoby, and he's yeah. listening to a recording that Laura left him, and yep. it turns out that he has something in his possession. Oh, is it the other half of the locket? Oh, is he the hand that came off screen and picked it up in the pilot? I believe he is. Uh oh, new things are developing. Dun, dun, dun. Uh, but yeah, I mean, like I say, I mean, this episode, this case file, sorry. I, I'm gonna, I'm going to, uh, in the future, when I say episode, I mean case file and case files episode. That's just my terminology. They're interchangeable. Well, because a lot of these things, when I'm viewing these uh, case files, a lot of it is video files. Right. Correct. And um, a lot of it is done... Uh, it's uh, reenacted by some really wonderful actors. Oh, yeah. Who do Absolutely. just like a really great job. And I'm loving the fact how this mystery is taking its time for us to learn about the people involved with this murder case. And yes, absolutely. And there's a whole bunch of people, and you think that this show or this file was just going to be about the murder of Laura Palmer. Uh, but. We're learning things right now, like I said before, about um, um, Catherine and Benjamin Horn uh, doing damage to the mill, and about Ka- uh, Catherine wanting to take over the mill itself there. Uh, we have sort of like this love triangle between uh, James, Donna, and Laura, and in a way, Bobby and Mike. Because like I mentioned before, Mike is seeing Donna and... Bobby is seeing 
Madonna. No, no, Bobby is seeing. Bobby's seeing. Yeah. Yo, yeah, wait, no. Was it Mike? No, Mike's seeing Donna. Mike's seeing Donna. Bobby's Bobby was seeing Laura. Bobby was seeing Laura. Okay, all right. And yeah. like Laura, I mean, we're we're investigating her murder, but as Dwayne Dunham put it, who uh, Dwayne Dunham, in case you don't know, cut the pilot, he cut Blue Velvet, and he cut Wild at Heart, and he cut all of uh, Twin Peaks: The Return. He directed this episode. Sure. His okay. directorial debut. And uh, on the uh, audio commentary from the old Anchor Bay set that I happen to own, he points out that Laura Palmer is the MacGuffin of the story. Oh, yeah. Because, oh, that does, uh, 100%, yeah, because I know that Bobby was seeing Laura, but now Bobby is seeing Shelly. Correct, yes, yes, okay. yes. And that uh, further develops as things go on. Especially with the whole thing with, uh, you know, Leo. We established that Leo's like this abusive prick. And Bobby and Shelly are madly, madly lusting after each other. Yes. And, uh, Bobby has this violent tendency, especially when it comes to Laura. Um, there's something going on with Bobby's relationship with Laura that seems very uh, unhealthy. And I believe that is going to go into the relationship with Shelly, um, but I think Shelly's preferring that type of relationship with Bobby more than the relationship with Leo, because Leo is just really abusive. Piece of shit. Piece of shit. Piece of shit. I mean, Bobby is also a piece of shit. Yes, but but to a lesser extent. To a lesser extent, yes. Uh, I think this may be um, something that's going on with Shelly's past, where she keeps attracting these types of men. Yes. It's all her fault, is what we're saying. Uh, no, I, well, I don't want to say, because <laughs> that's going to just canceled. I'm kidding. <laughs> I'm kidding. Um, I would never say something like that. That's terrible. I'm just kidding. But uh, uh, this is going to kind of, like, wrap up this particular case file of yeah. Tales from the Double R. Uh, Ryan, before we go... Uh, do you have any other things you want to talk about? Any new promotions happening on your uh, other platforms? Because you don't just do this case with me. I appreciate that. But you're a person. You have your own interests. So tell me, you know, have you been watching anything cool? Or uh, when I mentioned about a show or a movie that you feel that we should watch. I'm, when I get home tonight, man, I need someone to relax with. I can't be dealing with all this murder in my head all the time. I need something to just unwind with. Uh, so uh, just yesterday, because I'm I'm currently uh, doing research for my next podcast, One Track Mind, where I analyze films through their audio commentaries. So I've been I've been brushing up on my commentaries, and uh, yesterday uh, to keep it in the family because Nadine Hurley has an eye patch. I watched a movie yesterday with another character with an eye patch, and that is Escape from New York. Uh, Nadine doesn't have a lot in common with Snake Plissken, that I can tell, other than they're both lacking stereo vision. But uh, I saw it in 4K. Uh, Scream Factory put it out. Oh. Uh, as you know, I'm on a big 4K kick. Sure. It's kind of my new obsession when it comes to home video, and it looks outstanding. It's I wouldn't even put it in my, my maybe like top five Carpenter, but that really says something about 
Carpenter's best. Sure. Is that that doesn't even make it to the top five. I mean, it's kind of, it's kind of cool that you mentioned this because uh, myself and my co-host from uh, Cinema Recall, uh, Ashley, we went and saw Escape from New York at the Parkway Theater in 35mm. Oh, nice. Oh, and I would have loved to see that. It was Great. such a fun experience, and the cool thing is that they had a Kurt Russell trivia before the movie, <laughs> and uh, I was there. We were there with other friends of ours, and um, we I uh, I dominated it. Oh yeah, you, I mean, come on, who, was, who couldn't? I mean, Kurt Russell, man, he's it, the best. It was between me and one other person, and. Uh, I can't believe uh, the the only question I really had wrong. They, they had a question about the thing, and I got that wrong. And I kicked myself mm-hmm. for that. I'm like, oh, I can't believe I lost that question. I thought for sure I was gonna lose. Uh, but then they asked a question about what Kurt Russell movie um, that wasn't the one he made. What's the Kurt Russell movie that involved Elvis that wasn't directed by John Carpenter? Oh, three three thousand miles to Graceland. Yes, they had a question about that. Like, oh. And I got that, and uh, actually won an Escape from L.A. doll, a Snake Piston doll. <laughs> Is that manufactured for children? I, I guess so, yep, but won the doll. Uh, right now, it's at Ashley's house. It's in her room on a shelf, because she oh, loves nice. Kurt Russell, so, yes. And now he can watch over her. Yes. At all times. At all times, and good thing, too. Uh, so, yeah, so that was cool. Um I guess the only one that I'll recommend is a movie that I picked up from the library. Uh, I watched a movie called Ruby Sparks. Oh, from uh, Dayton and Ferris? Yep. Uh, written nice. by Zoe Kazan, starring her and her boyfriend, Paul Dano. And it's about a writer who creates the perfect dream woman that comes to life. And mm. what I like best about this movie is that it exposes the 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 trope, the mad pity dream girl trope, mm-hmm. and kind of screws that. And I found the performances to be good. Um, I'm kind of surprised that Jonathan Dayton and Valerie Ferris have only made one other movie after this, and that was it. Real? They've only made three movies. They only made three That's movies: uh, Little Miss Sunshine, uh, Ruby Sparks, and Battle of the Sexes. That's right. That was them. Yeah. And they haven't really done. They've directed some TV shows, but that's just about it. But they're still and music married. Videos. They're some of the best music video directors of all time. Oh yeah, the uh, directed is that. Did they direct Corn Freak on a Leash? Uh, I don't Pumpkin? know, but I know that they did uh, Tonight Tonight. They did that. Yes, Pumpkins. that's one of the greatest videos ever. I would. I totally forgot they did the trip that. Trip to the Moon. Yeah. Oh. Oh so yeah. Good. That that album is probably one of my favorites from Smash and Pumpkins: The Melancholy and The Infinite Sadness. Yeah, and they have a lot to choose from, but mm-hmm. that is like uh, that is an all timer. Like that's up there for me. That's up there with the uh, Weezer Buddy Holly video where they're in Happy Days. Sure, it's by Jones. It's like yeah. they're on the same level as far as I'm concerned. I know, yeah, but you kind of figured like after Limb of Sunshine, you know. But then again, Limb of Sunshine was a really big movie for them, and the other two, not so much. The other two movies, Ruby Sparks and Balisetsis, got some good critical. A praise, yeah, but kind uh, of disappeared pretty quickly. But not so much with bots office right there. Not a lot of yeah. audiences saw those. So, so yeah. So, two different movies: Escape from New York and Ruby Sparks. 
because I really need a good action movie and a nice uh, rom-com in a way. But yeah, the palate cleanser. The palate cleanser, exactly. You need something to relax after all these like stuff with Laura Palmer and people being abused and people uh, putting together new rug or sorry curtain liners <laughs> with cotton balls there. Um, but yes, this episode, or sorry, this case files are being recorded with the help of CleanFeed. CleanFeed.net. It's a great way for you to record your podcast and make it sound very professional. So again, CleanFeed is the person that's helping us record this case files. Uh, as always, uh, please check out more of our case files on the Rabbit Hole Podcast. Again, rabbitholepodcast.com um, and then you can find me the Vern I'm over at Cinema Recall on Twitter it's at Cinema underscore Recall uh, tell the listeners where we can find you Ryan uh, on Twitter I'm at Coolness Pod Ryan and One Track Mind Pod and then on Instagram I'm at The Coolness Chronicles and One Track Mind that is one the numeral one track mind podcast very cool all right uh well until next time we will leave you adieu and i'm gonna end the case file now bye bye